Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that all of our fabulous listeners know everything there is to know about the foul puck rules or about why softballs are called grapefruits or any of those things that we talk about. Oh, I have an update on that. None of those. None of those are true. <laughs> I'm Nancy, your basketball enthusiast, and your I don't know what I am now that there's no basketball. My whole identity is gone. And this is... Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm uh, occasionally your baseball guru, uh, though right now I'm <laughs> under a stay-at-home order. Uh, and this is Rebecca. I am your hockey know-a-bunch, uh, except right now I'm like your... Um, uh, playing with cats and relearning how to cross stitch person. Oh, that's a mood. I just want to call out because our, our listeners cannot actually see us, but I can see all of you that, uh, Rachel is indeed wearing a Warriors t-shirt and Rebecca is wearing a capital sweatshirt <laughs> and I have my, my Vikings t-shirt Wait. here on. Oh, oh, Rebecca's double layered. Oh, wow. Oh, and the Dallas <laughs> Stars cheers the underneath. Wow. Okay. So, so we are showing up in spirit, I just want to say, um, because it's tough times. We got to keep it up as much <laughs> as we can. And yeah, I, I sports-themed apparel. I wonder, I wonder, is sports-themed apparel going to like see an uptick in this time of no sports? Are people going to like grasp at straws for like whatever I, they can get. I think that people are spending all their money on toilet paper and they're not going to have any sports sweatshirt money. <laughs> I was going to say, all they have to do is make branded toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That okay. I'm going to say something that I, listen, if Spit we're, if out. we're talking about sports branded toilet paper, I'm not getting it with the caps on it, but I will get me some no. penguins toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> this is a whole different market. It is. Yep. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, for our listeners, in case you are listening to this years and years in the future, it is, uh, it's not quite the end of March. It's the 21st. So I guess we're still kind of technically like right at the very end of the middle of March. No, it's the end of days, not the end of March. (laughs) Right. It's the Right. Thank you for reminding us yeah. of that, Rebecca. <laughs> in 2020, uh, which I'm still bummed that it waited until 2020 because we could have gotten a lot of mileage out of 20 quarantine and it's 2020 instead. I mean, come on. The universe was like three months too late on this bullshit. (laughs) So, so, uh, but I want to talk about from the beginning, sort of like at the most basic level, what's going on. Right. So first of all, I want to just each of us take a turn and say, what are the facts, um, about, where we are right now. So Rachel and I live close together in the Bay Area. Um, But Rebecca, what's what are the facts about where you are right now? Like what sort of restrictions are in place? What are people doing? So I am in Maryland. Um, I'm about Mm -hmm. halfway between DC and Baltimore. Um, Maryland is under a state of emergency. Um, I work at the University of Maryland, which is part of the university system of Maryland. Um, Mm -hmm. And as of I don't know. I've completely lost track of days. As of either (laughs) Friday or Thursday, the governor um, ordered all universities in the university system to um, continue to finish the semester with online classes, where previously students had been set to come back around April 16th, something like that. 
um, mm-hmm. we're also, um, I mean, the, the university is moving towards everybody working from home unless there are critical systems that need to be kept updated or, you know, we do a lot of mm-hmm. animal and human research. So if there's mm-hmm. um, animal colonies that need to be taken care of, things like that. Well, that's um, good to know that they're still being taken yes. care of. Yes. Um, well, and it's interesting. This isn't sports related at all, but um, something that I've learned, I'm in the College of Behavioral and Social Sciences. And so when you're doing behavioral studies on animals, it's important to be consistent. So right. even missing yes. one day of care can yeah. mess with the study results Absolutely. because yeah. you've changed a behavior. Right. So It's no longer a control group. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So... Um, so, uh, so that's, I, I mean, the university system is a big, uh, a big employer in the state. Um, mm-hmm. we aren't under shelter in place or stay at home orders yet, though. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. It's mostly mm-hmm. just stay home, wash your hands, stop going out. Um, mm-hmm. restaurants and bars are closed except for takeout okay. or delivery. Um, mm-hmm. and in a, in a bizarre twist, in a fun twist that takeout or delivery can now include alcohol, which is not something that was previously oh! allowed in my state. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous of that. <laughs> um, I, I will say I went to the grocery store this morning. I was going to get apples and, mm-hmm. um, I did not expect there to be many, if any people there. And mm. it was worse than a normal Saturday morning. It was mm-hmm, packed. Yeah. They had mm-hmm. they had arranged lines for um, the checkout that mm-hmm. so that each checkout person was only dealing with one person at once. That wasn't like a mm-hmm. line, yeah. right? But that meant there was a line all the way around the store, which yeah, meant there was there was more crowding in the store itself. So I was really glad that they were, that they're watching out for their people. But once I realized what kind of line we were dealing with, I just, mm-hmm. I walked out and hit the hand sanitizer on my way out. Legit. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. Rachel, Yo. what are we doing? Uh, well, <laughs> so uh, starting on uh, St. Patrick's Day, we were under a shelter at place, in place uh, order for the, the Bay Area counties. Um, but that very quickly got replaced by a stay at home order for the entire state of California. And I've been trying to figure out if there are any differences or, you know, essentially the governor was just expanding it to the whole state. Cause um, as far as I know, we're still allowed to like go out and walk around for exercise and um, you know, the, the essentials are still open. So it's not like a full lockdown mm-hmm. yet. Knock on mm-hmm. everything would. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for our viewers, <laughs> we literally just, knocked on our heads both Rachel and myself yeah. Rebecca is a step above us <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's where we are right now um you know banks are open grocery stores are open um I can understand laundromats being open because sometimes people mm. have to wash their clothes but dry cleaners are still open yeah. which I thought was a little bit odd but Rebecca well, there's usually home. yeah there's usually not a big congregation of people at a dry cleaner at least that's yeah. true. Um, I was going to ask about your banks because our banks are open for like ATM and drive through. But if you want to go into the like actually speak to a person in the lobby of the bank, you have to have an appointment and they're doing them very sparingly. 
Oh, really? I, well, I yeah. haven't heard anything to that effect. And I, my daily walk, I pass a couple of banks and I haven't seen anything to that effect. Um, kind of surprises me that they, but I guess, I mean, I was trying to think if there's like in my, my neighborhood, it's more likely that you'll walk up to a bank anyway than, right. um, but I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. surprising that they haven't I mean, instituted I, that yet. Yeah. Frankly, I don't know the last time that I actually walked into a bank to do something. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, my our bank that that we use is doesn't have branches. So I, the last time I walked into a bank was probably literally over a decade ago when I closed my account with Bank of America. Y'all never go in <laughs> so... with a big sack of nickels. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> no, if I were gonna do that, I'd do it at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, but they take a cut. Yeah. True. All right, so so Rachel and I are under shelter-in-place orders, and, and what that functionally means is, yes, you can only go out for essential things. It is enforceable by law, mm-hmm. which is the interesting part. I mean, I haven't seen it happen, but No, but I was reading could. about it, and for right now, they're, they haven't made any arrests or anything, and they're right. mostly saying, yeah, yeah. we're only going to do that if somebody's, like, throwing a party or something Yeah, uh, that they're obviously right. not which supposed to. Sure, sure. So no police state um, yet! At least yeah. not for white people. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, good point. But, you know, that's not necessarily a change. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> but uh, so I, our, our advice to you, Rebecca, would be to uh, stock up now mm-hmm. because once they announce that shelter-in-place order, uh, mayhem breaks out mm-hmm. in the uh, grocery stores and so forth, even though those are things that stay open, but people just like mm-hmm. lose their shit about it. Well, yeah. I, do have, I do have a uh, grocery delivery set up the earliest mm-hmm. day that I could get it is Thursday of next week. Mm-hmm. It, today is, it's currently Saturday. So I have a grocery <laughs> mm-hmm. order set up from Target because Target actually still has things that my grocery store mm-hmm. does not. Um, mm-hmm. And so up until the time the person actually starts shopping, I can still add things to my cart. So, oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. by Thursday, I will need some things. So I, I should be right. okay. I mean, I'll be fine until then. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so this all leads great. Very, very well into my next question, which is how is this affecting our day-to-day lives? So like, Rebecca, you're working from home now. You have been for what, a week, two weeks? How long? Well, um, what's technically only four days. Um, Only four days. So Friday the... Let's 20... Friday the 13th (laughs) was my first day working from home. (laughs) Um, uh-huh. And then the university was closed Monday and Tuesday for spring break. So uh-huh. um, students are were have been off all of this week, but the university was open mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I've just been working mm-hmm. from home for four days. But now it'll be okay. we're scheduled to to work from home uh, until at least April 10th, which is another three weeks. Uh, and I right. suspect it'll be longer. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of, my office closed. We had all been encouraged to work remotely from, I guess, beginning of last week, uh, or maybe a little before, but, but they weren't saying, like, we're officially closing the office. It was just like, if you're taking public transit to come to the office, you should probably not, you should probably just work from home. But like, if you don't really have a good setup, you can come in if you're able to walk or bike in so that you're not like sitting on BART with a bunch of other people, like, that's okay. 
but then they officially closed my office entirely on yeah uh as of friday the 13th mm. and then yeah we're just all working remotely indefinitely i mean i think it's yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be longer months. than three weeks yeah 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 yeah, it's going to be longer than three weeks. So, but data, so that's been an adjustment. I mean, I work at home, the same thing with my partner. He's working from home too. So that's been, I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, we get along really well, which is nice. It's actually <laughs> really nice to see him, uh, you know, and like. Is he, are you just saying that day? because he's in the room? No, he's not in the room. <laughs> We've, we've been married 15 years. Like, at this point, we'd have figured it out okay. if we didn't get along. Like, I saw somebody on Twitter but, saying that they're, like, learning all these, what kind of person their spouse is at yes. work. Like, oh, I'm married to a right. let's circle back to that guy. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, I mean, that's the, the interesting part, right, is we both have to do all these conference calls. And, and I'm a manager, so I have a lot of meetings every day that I have to be on. And it's definitely... You know, just the logistics of like, oh, okay, well, one of us is going to go in the bedroom and shut the door so that we can both be on a call or like, well, I'll just sit over here and listen to your stand up meeting about all your dev stuff that I don't understand Mm -hmm. or, you know. Um, I don't think either of us has had any like deep, horrible revelations about who our partner is at work. (laughs) But, you know, it's an interesting logistical question. I will say the other things that have been you know, the, the working remotely, I already worked remotely a couple days a week. So it's not a huge shift for me. I am trying to like, get out and walk every day, or at least every other day, like a good amount, because when I would go into work, I'd walk about two miles to and from BART. Um, and so not having that, I need to replace that. We're cooking, neither of us particularly likes to cook. Um, so but <laughs> well, support your local really businesses of... by ordering yeah. takeout yeah, and delivery. Well, yeah. <laughs> So we've done a little of that, um, but, you know, also it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll just, you know, but I will say the funny thing that happened was, you know, we, we stocked up on toilet paper. We, you know, it was like, okay, I'm, I grew up in the country and have a whole set of family who are kind of prepper types anyway. So I always have like several bags of lentils in my cupboard anyway. So I was like, not so worried about running out of food. Um, But the thing I didn't think about was if we're both now eating three meals a day at home, because usually we both eat breakfast and lunch out, right, at mm-hmm. work. His office provides them food all day. I just nice. get a bagel and I know tech people. Yeah, he, he I guess. works at a sweet, <laughs> sweet tech office yeah. with He's got a cereal dispensers, yeah. all uh-huh. the croix you could yeah. drink. I thought those were fake. I thought the work no. cereal dispensers were a dream. No, oh, no they're real. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Or they were real. Well, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> now they're stale. <laughs> now they're stale. Oh, the uh, poor cereal but, wasting away in the dispenser. Right. <laughs> I will say he did make off with some LaCroix, so that's good. <laughs> good for him. But now we're eating three meals a day at home, and the thing we immediately ran out of was dishwasher detergent. <laughs> it was like, uh... shit. I did not see this coming. Usually we were in the dishwasher like once a week, right? But now it's like mm, every like. 18 hours so <laughs> that's a fun thing mm-hmm. um rachel has it affected you already worked from home you're a yes. freelancer has it changed your day-to-day um, life not a huge amount um uh yeah i my big quandary is the daily slurpee walk so uh mm. my my vice is is the slurpee in the afternoon and there's a 7-eleven yes my one vice 
Uh, there's a 7-Eleven. I'm, I'm actually not kidding. <laughs> um, so I usually take a nice walk in the afternoon, and it's good. It stretches my legs. I, you know, about mm-hmm. a 45-minute round trip, I pick up my Slurpee. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been going back and forth over whether to continue that. Um, you know, I don't get mm-hmm. within six feet of anybody but the cashier, and I ha- I've got it down to a science now. So mm-hmm. I don't have to touch anything on my way there. I can do the, like, the crosswalk things with the elbow. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to open the 7-Eleven door handle. I have to use the handle on mm-hmm. the Slurpee machine. And now mm-hmm. I've switched to cards so I don't have to get cash back from the cashier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, you know... If we went under full lockdown, of course I'd stop. But the the daily Slurpee walk is right. a, a it's a big part. Of it your is. Life. It's a it's a nice part of my day. I look forward to it. So uh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind yeah. of sad how little my life has been affected by the <laughs> stay at home order. <laughs> honestly, um, but also like sometimes for an introvert such as myself, the nice thing about not going out is like. I could, you know, I could be going out, but I'm not. I get to stay at home. And now uh-huh. it's like, oh, I have to stay at home. And that, it uh-huh. does rob some of the fun of it, if I've got to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of think I didn't realize how much I went out until, because I think I'm also an introvert and I think of myself as a homebody for the most part. But you but have more community commitments than I do. I have more community commitments. And I also just like will up and do stuff mm-hmm. sometimes. So like now, I, so I, I regularly go to acro yoga um, for that's my exercise. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, and I would go ice skating and we would go to the theater in the city every so often. And I would go see movies sometimes. And like, I'm not, I don't like go to parties i don't like go out to events much but it has definitely been interesting suddenly having my entire week of evenings empty that's yeah. been well and and doing doing any kind of yoga or skating can still be mm-hmm. a solitary exercise even if you're in a place with a lot of people so it's i don't true. think that it goes can ag- but all those places are closed no, no no i know but i just mean i don't think that goes <laughs> against your like a uh, uh, claim yes. of being an introvert. I don't think that. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, and my poor friend, Stephen, bless your little heart, Stephen. <laughs> he, he messaged me at work and was like, so I've realized literally all of my hobbies invo- uh, involve uh, touching strangers in large groups. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> do you want to see some like movies at my house? <laughs> because his hobbies are going to movies, which he does like literally every night, and acro yoga, which is partnered yoga. Right. So <laughs> I was like, oh, Stephen, you're right. They do. Literally <laughs> oh. all of your hobbies have involved touching strangers in large groups. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, buddy. That's so, rough. It is rough. And he's another introvert. It's one of those alone in a group things, yep. which is yeah an interesting conundrum. So next question, what is this doing to our families? We are all older millennials. And if you're paying attention to the internet at all, like where I've seen very pithy tweets about like, this is a reversal of my childhood. I at 35 am now shouting at my parents <laughs> to stay inside and not go out. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So I'm interested, how's that working out for you two? Well, how are your families dealing with this? Are they dealing with this? What's going on for them? 
So I'm going to put my family on a political spectrum because I I truly (laughs) think that affects things. Unfortunately, uh yes. Yeah. So I am, I am very far left. My mother is medium left, closer to center, but still left. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother's sisters are very far right, along Mm -hmm. with some of the other family members over there. And Mm -hmm. as of two weeks ago, um, the, the aunts, um, were of the mindset that the virus wasn't real, that it was a conspiracy Mm -hmm. by the liberal media to discredit Mm -hmm. the president. Mm -hmm. Um, consequently earlier this week on Tuesday night before the state of Virginia, um, closed restaurants to in-room dining, my 75-year-old aunt took my 99-year-old grandmother out to dinner. <laughs> oh, lovely. So um, so that's how my family uh, is dealing with some of it. Um, my mother is getting more, like, stir-crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've finally, I think I've finally convinced her to stay in for the most part, mm-hmm. but but she's she's going a little stir-crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about where my mom is, too. My mom, she's 74 or will be turning 74 this year, something like that. No, that's not right. She'll be... Yeah, I don't know. Math. She's about 74. Um, And she used to teach biology, so thank goodness she gets the concepts of, Mm. like, you know, virus spread and herd immunity and all of these things. So she gets it, which I'm grateful for. But she's also going stir crazy. She's in central Illinois. Illinois is now under shelter in place as of yesterday, but she'd been staying in for like the last week or so. But she's definitely texting me like, I want to go out. I want to go to my coffee shop. I want to go to the bookstore. And I'm like, mm, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. that's cool, but don't do that. And yeah, I have all of her side of the family is extremely Republican in the rural South. And they definitely... First it was a hoax, then it was, well, it won't touch me. I mean, I yeah, it's... Well, My and then, of course... Is... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, of course, embedded in there is also, well, I don't interact with any Asian people, so I'm going to be fine. Yeah. At least that's... Right. That's... Right. Yeah. I had... So I had one of my little cousins, who's like, you know, one of my cousin's kids, but he's 18, so like little, but uh, adult, technically. <laughs> posted uh yeah yeah uh deeply offensive uh image of himself to instagram relating to this whole shebang and i looked at it and i was like well and this was the first thing i thought which tells you way too much about my family i thought well at least he wasn't racist he did call it coronavirus oh god (laughs) which like yeah i mean i guess i guess that's yeah we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here i get it (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad and stepmom are a little younger than my mom. Um, as far as I know, they're being safe. They're intelligent human beings, and I don't think they'd listen to me if I tried to tell them what to do anyway, so I have not even bothered. But my brother and sister are the ones who are actually the most affected, I think, in my case, which is interesting because they're both younger than me. But my sister lives in Germany, um, mm. and we had to have a conversation about should you come back? Oh, yeah. Um, to which the answer was, well, if I did, I couldn't afford health care. So, <laughs> Fair. Right. So she's 
unemployed in Germany, uh, but shouldn't come back to the U.S. because she couldn't pay for health insurance, so she did get it. She's better off there. But also, who knows when she'll be able to come back or will be able to go see her. And there's something very emotional about, like, I can't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As opposed to just, I'm not. So it's like, it was fine that she was going to be there. I didn't expect her to come visit or come back anytime soon. But now all of a sudden she can't. And that feels very different. Yeah. And then my my brother, fortunately, uh, made it back and is is safe at home with my dad and stepmom. But oh, good, because you, you literally, hadn't heard from him for a while. I hadn't so. heard from him. Yeah, I didn't know where he was. He literally could have been anywhere in the world. I mean, because he works as a traveling performer um, with a live theater act. So the fun part of that is, you know, at least he's home and not trapped in some, you know, stuck some hotel somewhere. Um, but... I really don't know what this is going to mean for his job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because if your job is literally to perform to arenas full of thousands of people, much like the NBA or the NHL, what's that? What does that look like? Going to be. Yeah. Right. Right. So shout out to all those people with master's degrees in theater right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's uh, Actually, that's I time. saw something interesting that... Um, some of the I want either New York or DC. I, all of the news is getting muddled in mm, my brain, but yeah. some of the New York or DC um, theater companies are keeping their um, like backstage staff up mm-hmm. because they can sew things. So they're sewing oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. gowns and and um, hospital and uh, masks, which I oh, think is a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. That is a brilliant idea. Isaac cannot do that. He is literally <laughs> Star-Lord and Captain America. He's <laughs> he's a performer. So I think he's now posting like workout videos on Instagram and stuff. We'll see what. That's great. I think a lot of people are doing that. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It is a thing that a lot of people are doing. I've seen a bunch of them from our various sports folks and I yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's inspirational in a way. I was like, "Oh, sweet. Yeah, like I guess I could work out with Jewel Lloyd of the Seattle Storm, you know, like, sure, why not?" <laughs> I mean, I'll be dead in about 5 minutes, but I could sure give it a try. <laughs> I will watch this workout video from the comfort of my couch. <laughs> yeah. That's doing spoon to mouth. Spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Repetition. Yep. Just make sure you switch arms, Rachel. Oh, that's important. Yeah, you got to get it reps on both sides. You don't want your spoon arm to get too (laughs) buff. Rachel, what about your family? Well, uh, my dad is a family practice doctor, which, fun Mm -hmm. story, not a guarantee that uh, he'll be taking any of this seriously. Um, But, I mean, he seems to be. He is, is... not as worried as I think is warranted, (laughs) but, uh, uh, um, problem is he, without getting into too many details for HIPAA reasons, but he, uh, has come into contact with a confirmed case in a medical capacity. Um, and he, Mm -hmm. you know, was wearing all proper medical protection gear. So, uh, the, the chances of, uh, him having it are very, very low, um, but they're still non-zero, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. so that's, he's, it was a week ago, I believe, so he's getting into the time where he should have symptoms if he were going to show symptoms, um, does, but it's still, you know, a little anyone? bit of a waiting game. Yeah, he and my mom, um, <laughs> he is not 
separating himself from my mom at all, who has another upper respiratory virus, but not the corona mm, or not, not the this you know, novel corona. Not this one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, the odds are in his favor, but it's still, you know, still mm-hmm. troublesome. Um, you yeah. know, where he's living is is uh, it, it kind of isolated um, in itself. So um, he's not coming into contact with a huge flow of people every day. So that's good. Um, and, you know, and he is not working at the, the clinic right now. He's at home. But uh, I'm not sure how long that'll last. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and my grandmother is doing well. She's 94, 93. Um, and she's in a um, a good, uh, I don't know what to call it, an old folks home. But she's, she's still up and independent and living on her own um, in an apartment in that complex. And she's, she's mm-hmm. doing well there taking care of them very well and i think anybody who goes to visit has to have their temperature taken before they'll let them inside Mm -hmm. i'm not sure by which method have their temperature taken (laughs) but uh yeah that's exciting (laughs) so that's interesting because like i said i i work with a lot of research and and before everything was shut down one of our one of our units came up with a protocol for accepting um human subjects as Mm -hmm. participants and it was you know, there there was a series of check marks. Have you had a fever? Have you um, been cleared by a doctor? Or have you seen a doctor? If you had a fever, have you been cleared by the doctor? You know, yeah. all of those kinds of questions. So I don't think that they were taking their temperatures at the time. It was all up to self-disclosure. Um, but that's, that's interesting. My one remaining grandparent lives... Uh... <laughs> way out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. So <laughs> I honestly have not been worrying too much about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that short, like, I'm sure it'll get there eventually, but like, it's not at the top of my list of concerns, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like he's probably, it's going to take a little while to get out to Fox, Alaska. But all right. Well, so we have been talking about this virus, this pandemic, this national state of emergency uh, for a little while here. Uh, but one of the things that is interesting about it is that in in some respects, this has been coming for a little while, but in some respects, this has happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to say it has only been, it's been less than two weeks since the end of sports, as we know them. Um, and I would like us to just sort of review when it started to go and how fast it went because we we did do our pandemic pod last time and we talked a little bit about what was going on but that was before it had all even finished happening yeah yeah and so i think uh, i think we recorded on tuesday night or wednesday night i think no i think i actually want to say it was thursday I thought it was okay. Thursday. Okay. All right. So because it was because the NBA shut down on a Wednesday, I think. Yes. Okay. So the NBA had and shut then down. And we recorded the next night. Okay. All right. So yeah. So the so so it's been like ten days yeah. since we recorded. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Of course, we finally get our act together to record regularly, and then all sports <laughs> stop. 
<laughs> um, so I got this information from a New York Post article. The first thing that canceled was a college basketball invitation, an invitational, and that was on Wednesday around noon. Um, Wednesday, okay. could you give the date? Just be the eleventh, right? The eleventh. Yep. Yes, okay. Wednesday the eleventh. So, I had so to pull up exactly a calendar. ten days ago because it's yeah. the twenty first. Mm-hmm. Well, Friday the thirteenth, then Wednesday the eleventh, yeah. but. Um, uh, by that night, uh, well, throughout the afternoon, um, the NCAA tournament first four in Dayton was going to be closed to fans. The NCAA panel, um, advised against allowing fans into sporting events, uh, big 10 men's basketball, um, tournament and all spring sports were. Um, closed to fans, same with the ACC men's basketball tournament. Um, it was, so these are all college. Th- that was all college, yeah. And then at 8.40 that night, the Jazz Thunder NBA game in Oklahoma City was postponed with players on the court. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. less than an hour after that, Rudy Gobert um, tested positive for coronavirus. Um, and mm-hmm. minutes later, the NBA suspended the season indefinitely. indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um more college closures that night. On Thursday, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert's teammate, tested positive. Um, Major League Soccer suspended the season for 30 days that day. Um, Big Ten uh, canceled their men's basketball tournament uh, about 10 minutes before uh, a game was set to happen. Mm. U.S. soccer canceled all matches in March and April for men's and women's senior teams. At noon, the NHL suspended the season indefinitely. More collegiate cancellations. Um, at 12.40 the same day, so 40 minutes after hockey was canceled, the Big 12 canceled the men's basketball tournament. Um, the PGA announced all of their events through April 5th were going to be closed to fans. Uh, again, like an hour and a half after hockey, because that's apparently where I judge everything by. I know you're shocked. <laughs> um, Major League Baseball canceled the rest of spring training, yep. um, advised players to stay near their training facilities and medical staff and delayed opening day by at least two weeks. Um we're still on we're still on Wednesday, by the way. I'm on my third page of notes. Or excuse me, Thursday. I'm on my third page of notes Thursday. and we're still on yeah. Thursday. Um, so this is still within the first twenty-four hours? Just outside the first twenty-four hours. So just, the first thing okay. was twelve forty-two Wednesday, and we're now at mm-hmm. uh we're now at one forty-five Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. all of that has been within twenty-five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. Duke was the first school to withdraw from the NCAA men's basketball tournament and suspended all of Which their... Which is a big deal because Duke is one of the best. So yeah. Like, well, I mean... Sports-wise. Sports-wise. I'm sorry, Wake Forest alum. But, <laughs> but, but in terms of basketball... This Duke season, is considered one yes. Of <laughs> uh, as a former uh, ACC uh, member, I feel you, Rachel. Yes. <laughs> Well, well, we all know that God well, hates Duke, so yeah, I went to a state school. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, 
uh, around the same time, Kansas University, which was expected to be the number one overall seed in the tournament, canceled all athletic travel and suspended all of their games. Uh, the NFL canceled their annual meetings for owners, GMs, coaches, and media. Minor League Baseball delayed the start of its season indefinitely. The NCAA canceled all remaining winter and spring championships. XFL canceled a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, people still watch the XFL? That's still um, a thing? Apparently. Yes, and <laughs> then is, yeah. And then at 10 o'clock that night, uh, all of these times are Eastern, by the way. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, West Coast. Sure. Uh, the PGA play. Uh, the PGA called off their Players Championship after the first round and canceled events through April fifth. All of that was Thursday. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. The Boston Marathon has since been postponed f- till September. Mm-hmm. NASCAR has been postponing mm-hmm. races. Um, NCAA has suspended recruiting for sports at least until April fifteenth. And frankly, I've got to imagine with most colleges going to online for the rest of the semester, Mm -hmm. that's going to really affect NCAA uh, recruiting. Mm -hmm. So that's that's just the first, what, 48 hours. That's amazing. So, I mean, that's. So I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong. First, we see I mean, call it it sounds like college basketball was the first. Yep. But it wasn't necessarily all of it at once. It was sort of piecemeal. It was. It was um, individual invitationals were were closed to fans first. And then uh, Rudy Gobert and uh, And what's his name? Um, Donovan Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Um, it It was at that point. I think when the the NBA suspended the season, that's when it became real for the rest of sports. Right. Yeah. And I think and and this I mean, I wanted to talk about this anyway, but this actually relates to uh, a tweet that the pod got uh, that we should cover from uh, my father, uh, who (laughs) says uh, that he wants to hear our thoughts on the impact of sports cancellations to public response to the virus losing the NBA and March madness seemed like a watershed moment in the media. And I think he's absolutely right. I mean, I follow the NBA, so it had a little more emotional impact for me than maybe for some people, but I definitely felt like, you know, I had heard people talking about it. I had heard like the warriors were all set to play without fans that night. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there were these conversations happening about like, Oh, this is getting kind of serious. What does this mean? And then the NBA canceled everything. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh shit. Yeah. This is real. Like shit's going down. Yeah. Right. Well, and for me, exactly the same. I don't follow basketball, but obviously we talked about it and, and mm-hmm. that was it was shocking to me. And then it was more shocking mm-hmm. to me that the NHL canceled because the NHL loves money. And I'm sure like <laughs> you know, NBA but, famously but, does not love money. Well, <laughs> I just I just don't know them quite as well. well right. Yeah. Um, Given how their season is going this year. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what kind of hit home for me, that these people who are are historically motivated solely by money. Mm-hmm are right. giving up potential revenue, yes. like significant right. amounts of revenue. That that was what right. made it real to me. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point because in a capitalist society, in order to hit the point where you say the either version of 
if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt that this is more important than money, or alternatively, the cynical version of we're going to lose more money and get bad press if we continue to do this mm-hmm. rather than if we pull the plug now. Either one of those options. For that those points to be reached, like you know that it's serious, yeah. right? And I think that was, I mean, that was really, it did feel like a big turning point. Yeah, yeah and it's such a constant for people, you know? Um, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter what's going on in, in your location of the world. Like the Southeast can get mowed down by a hurricane, but right. you know, and a few teams might be relocated, but, but there's always know, some game pro sports grinds on and, you know, it would obviously mm-hmm. feel a lot more stark for me if we were mid baseball season and we go from, you know, six games a week to nothing. Um, right. But you know, it's, you know, there's hardly a household in the U S that doesn't have somebody who, you know, follows a professional sport at least sometimes. So it's it's kind of a weird, you know, somewhat rare thing that we're all kind of experiencing together. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what? For the for the non sports world, not that these two things don't don't intersect, but I was scheduled to go to a Broadway show this week, and mm-hmm. oh, when yeah. Broadway went dark. That was, that shocked a lot of people because for a while they were having the standard, the show must go on mentality. Right. Um, Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, nope, show's not going on. And I think that, you know, for Mm -hmm. people who, who didn't have that impact with sports, I think that, that also may have impacted them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good uh, example, Rebecca, because like, so, so my partner and I have uh, season tickets to uh, Broadway. They just changed their title. It used to be SHN in San Francisco and they do musicals and stuff. And we were supposed to go to a show on this past Wednesday, the 20th, whatever day this past Wednesday was. Um, no, that was I think that was the 18th. 18th, yeah. The 18th. Day, days are meaningless. <laughs> they really yes, are. <laughs> they are. They really are. Um, but they canceled it later than I thought they would. Um, yeah. Which surprised me because, I mean, so so the NBA cancels on Wednesday, which is, for me, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, everything's done. <laughs> the end. And my partner, Kyle, was like, well, but, you know, we still got this show next Wednesday. And I was like, are you kidding me? They cannot possibly. This is absurd. But it still took him until, and he was like, well, I guess, you know, if we don't hear anything, I'll, he checked the website, there was nothing on it. He was like, well, I'll call them like Friday or like maybe Monday. He was like, okay, but like, we're not going. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, yeah, I know, but like, let's see, you know, what they say about like refunds or whatever. I don't think they emailed till like Friday or Saturday. Yeah, Broadway. was like, really? Broadway didn't, didn't announce they were going dark until Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, that's, I mean, I get it, but also, like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, how, talking about the NHL loving money. <laughs> and Amazing about segue. late cancellations. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, one of the things that happened was, so Santa Clara County, which is here in the Bay Area, it's the southernmost Bay Area County, um, is the home of the sharks and also where we started having the most coronavirus cases mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. earliest it's a hot spot mm-hmm. um and they recommended that people not have gatherings and then the sharks went on to play i believe three home games after that recommendation really wow so it was very much yes. a like yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It was very much a like, okay, thanks, bro. We'll take it under advisement Uh kind of move. Uh, before Santa Clara County was like, no, for real. You're done now. <laughs> Nobody yeah. is, is is doing this. And as I was hearing in Hockey News that I think the first COVID-19 case is on the Ottawa Senators who played one of those games yep. against the Sharks. And of course, one of the Sharks employee, like uh, like the Shark Tank employee, I don't think they're an actual Sharks team employee, but a, but a, a venue employee has tested positive. So... It's one of those like well, and now it's two senators players from is it from two Ottawa. senators players? So, so I'm curious how how have our teams reacted? What did they do? Clearly, the Sharks, you know, decided to maybe go ahead for a little while. And I gotta say, if I were a player, I would be fucking pissed about that. Yeah, but I mean, do we? Yeah, I don't know. I how, what have your teams done? Re- uh, Rebecca, how did the Caps and the Stars react? Um, they they did not have the same kind of pre-orders or pre-recommendations mm-hmm. that um, California did. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but basically they just, you know, before anything, the, before anything could happen, they were, they were essentially they were grounded and they were shut down. Right. Yeah. So there was, there was no opportunity. Uh, That's, that's not true. I mean, there was plenty of opportunity before hockey got shut down for everybody to get everything because everybody (laughs) serves locker rooms and stadiums and buses and planes and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, But it was much worse, much worse on the West Coast in California and Washington State Mm -hmm. than it has been on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. except for New York. Um, Right. So, so we didn't have a situation like that, thankfully. Um, the biggest, the biggest question has been, um, how are the, um, arena staff getting paid Mm -hmm. or are they getting paid during this, during this period in time? Right. Um, so this brings up some real interesting questions about uh, who has money and who doesn't and how the sports world works in that regard. And also some class issues. Yep. Uh, so uh, in the NBA world, uh, very immediately, a few players came out and pledged money th- either through their personal foundations or just directly. Excuse me to help their arena workers, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this on our last pod. Yeah. Um, and I was pissing and moaning about how it shouldn't be them. And we've continued to see this happen. A lot of teams were very slow on the response. Um, the Warriors, I'm happy to say, uh, have come out and said that uh, they've created a million-dollar uh, fund a community relief fund that will go to the Chase Center workers to help them ride this out. Uh, and it's from the owners, players, and coaches, which is great. I yeah, mean, that's great. Them. It took, it is great. It took them a little while to announce it, but I, they have said after the fact that the reason they were slow to respond was they were working out all the details, which mm-hmm. could be true. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, uh, so the thing for me with that is you can come out and say, hey, we're going to find a way to pay our people. We just have to work out the details. Yeah. yeah, Right. The the dead silence until you've come up with your plan, whether it whether it's true or not, really just makes you look like you've been peer pressured into it, which is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 You're you're entirely correct. Um. Hockey, I feel like the teams have been a lot slower to respond, but basketball still had problems. Um, Zion Williamson, who was the rookie who pledged so much money on the Pelicans, one of the interesting things that's come out is the owner of the Pelicans is a woman who is literally a billionaire. And as last I heard, she still has not said she'll do anything, right? Mm -hmm. And this has been true in the NHL too. Like if you look at the owners, I want to say, and I'm, I'm pulling this out of my ass, but I'm sure I saw it in a tweet somewhere. It was like three or four of the, like all of the owners are at least millionaires. Three or four or five of them are billionaires, Mm -hmm. but you still have teams. I think the Bruins are one of them who have not yet come out and said that they're going to help the venue staff or not going to help the workers, any of that. And one of the fun things that's gone on is there's a lot of public shaming and it actually seems to be being effective, (laughs) which I think is amazing. Like you definitely see people on social media calling out the list of owners who are doing absolutely nothing. And then, you know, 24, 36 hours later, suddenly a team is like, oh, no, don't worry. Oh, we're going to do the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, so uh, I've been watching Russian Machine Never Breaks is a great blog specifically for the Capitals, but they also do a good job covering the league in general. Um, and mm-hmm. Brennan, and I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name, um, has a great article that she's been updating regularly on um, the NHL owners who have or have not agreed to pay staff. Um, so mm-hmm. she it's a list of all 32 teams, 25 of which are owned by billionaires. Uh-huh. 25. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and on that list are is Jeremy Jacobs, who owns the Boston Bruins, and Terrence Pagula, Pagula, I don't know, who owns mm-hmm. the Buffalo Sabres. And they have now, both of those have now said that they're going to pay people in some way or another. But, like, the Bruins mm-hmm. one... Um, I, I was trying to find it and I, I didn't pull it up before we started recording. I should have. Um, but the Bruins one is something like we will pay people for games that they should have worked when they're canceled or mm-hmm. if they're canceled. Right. So, yeah. so since we're not going to pay you right now Oh yeah, when you need the money. We're going to pay you four months from now if and when they get suspended. And then I think right. it was, I think it's the Sabres there. They've used their, um, the, uh, Buffalo Sabres foundation. They're doing the same thing. Um, employees are going to be paid for canceled events. Um, but they also have to like, they're, they're essentially being let go and they're going to have to reapply for their mm-hmm. jobs after oh, all of this is over. They're not guaranteed mm-hmm. their same job back or their same rate of payback. Mm-hmm. And I just, you are a billionaire. You could literally mm-hmm. give every single employee you have a million dollars and you'd still be a billionaire. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. 
And then the teams who are setting up like GoFundMe's to help their staff. It's like no, mm-hmm. you, no, you fund you fucking money. Yeah, you fund you. Well, yes, so exactly. so interestingly, <laughs> this this will probably be the only time you hear me say a nice thing about Brad Marchand because I really dislike him. <laughs> um, but he plays for the Bruins, and he started a GoFundMe for the staff because, or for the employees, because the ownership hadn't done anything. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Mm-hmm. bastard doing something good <laughs> how dare he yeah how dare he so the other thing that's really a class issue about all of this of course is the testing right mm-hmm. like, oh yeah who's getting tested these are all young healthy folks for the most part famous they people have access to these tests yeah famous people mm-hmm. yeah so none of the warriors have been tested um and i know steve kerr was asked about that and he said and and this was the position of all of the ownership was that they will not be tested unless somebody starts showing mm-hmm, symptoms, mm-hmm. at which point then that person will be tested. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting to see which teams are out there buying tests, which teams are like trying to make sure that they know, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, the warriors made the decision very early on, you know, that no, this is just, we, we don't want to take those particularly in California, which is having such a bad outbreak. Yeah. They don't want to be part of that problem. Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely going around the NBA. Kevin Durant famously now has it. Oh, really? Well oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. I uh-huh. missed that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. KD tested positive. Um, you know, so that's an interesting thing too, where are these tests coming from? Who's, who's got access to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Daniel Day. Daniel Day Kim, who played uh, Chin Ho Kelly on Hawaii Five O. Yeah. Oh. But it it is him from something else. It but, is yeah. just oh I'm sure he oh he was in Lost. I didn't watch. Oh that okay. Um, but yeah, no, it it is kind of amazing how these famous people are miraculously mm-hmm. able to find tests. I want to switch gears here because we have been talking about this for a while and I want us to talk instead about baseball. <gasps> Rachel. It's my turn? <laughs> it's my turn. It's your turn. Do you have a baseball fact for us? I give do. Us, give us something funny. Give us something to Something absurd. <laughs> Something sports. I don't know how you're going to feel about this, because I uh, I kind of <laughs> oh, went no. on theme today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I got something for you. <clears throat> Excellent. Lay it on Today's me. Today's rule of baseball. Don't touch your face and wash your damn hands. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we've talked so much about batters cheating while up at the plate, but we've yet to talk about the ways that pitchers cheat. The MLB rulebook states that the pitcher may add no foreign substance to the ball, and this obviously includes anything that's on the pitcher's fingers as they grip the ball. Pitchers have been known to hide. I'm so horrified by this. (laughs) Just you wait. Uh, Pitchers have been known to hide smears of pine tar beneath hat brims, or mix sunscreen with rosin and apply it to their faces, or put in a little too much hair gel on days that they're pitching. No. Sticky Gross. substances like these improve grip on the ball for a faster spin rate and more control, and slip sub- slick oh. substances like lubricant or, yes, spit, supposedly give the ball more movement or make it drop. So how widespread <gasps> is this? 
Well, oh, a 2017 uh, Washington Post article, baseball analyst Rob Friedman estimated that 60% of Major League pitchers find ways to use some kind of foreign substance. How Umpires much? Wow, simply that's don't high. Yeah. Umpires 60%. don't police it very heavily. Uh, and there may be a bit of a gray area when it comes to player safety. Uh, Philadelphia Philly Tommy Hunter claims that batters actually want pitchers to use sticky stuff because it gives them more control over a ball and makes them less likely to hit batters. Of course, Philadelphia Philly Tommy Hunter is also a pitcher, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> also, Philadelphia sports so, is not to be trusted, as much as I love them, because that's <laughs> my I just want to highlight the phrase, I just want to highlight the phrase that uh, he said batters want pitchers to use sticky stuff, because that feels like a real hashtag sports team. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Hashtag sticky stuff. So what's a pitcher to do? <laughs> well, pitchers clearly need to wash their hands thoroughly multiple times per day for 20 seconds at a time, or the length of time it takes to sing the chorus <laughs> to I Will Survive. They should definitely avoid touching their faces to avoid any appearance of impropriety, and they should absolutely positively not lick their fingers before or after touching a baseball. Say, perhaps that's good <laughs> advice for all of us. And them's the rules. Yay, <laughs> good job. Oh, I love it, I love it. Although, actually, so this was a thing that I learned when I went to a baseball game with Rachel. I didn't realize how frequently they replace the balls. Yes. But, like, they're actually probably safer than you would think from mm -hmm. contamination just because they're all brand new. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, I don't know if it's whenever they hit the dirt, but, like, a lot of times if the pitch is in the dirt, the umpire just pulls a new ball. From yeah. where? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm sorry, the, I'm trying the to umpire think of a phrase pulls a new ball. Other than really... ball sacks. But he does have at least two he has a sack. He has a sack around his waist. Uh-huh. Yes, two balls. of them on his belt. Four balls. Yes. This is when it would be really good to, to release footage of this, because the, the two on his belt motion was... <laughs> Those are hefty. Yep. Yep. Using your whole hand to demonstrate. <laughs> yeah. <yep. laughs> uh, uh, bless. Well, Rachel, you are perhaps at this point suffering the least out of the three of us in terms of sports cancellation, just because the season hadn't started yeah. yet. I know it'll become really real for you in like another couple weeks, but... In the meantime, uh, kind of relating to our previous discussion, uh, one of the things that has cropped up on the internet that we uh, on our Twitter account have been paying attention to is the uh, Adopt a Minor League Baseball Player yeah. uh, movement, which aims to help out minor league baseball players in uh, this current time. But can you tell us a little bit about why that's a thing and like why people can and, and maybe should do that yeah so um i kind of looked up just how many minor leaguers there are but there are you know multiple leagues from you know a league so, to triple a so backup so yeah a minor league is what it is it's also professional baseball um so the players mm -hmm. are getting paid but um it is you hear the phrase farm system it's where most of the time when a player is drafted they don't go straight into the majors. They spend some time mm -hmm. in the minor leagues, which play mm -hmm. a season. It's a little bit shorter than the major league season, um, but they play. And um, every major league team has 
several feeder teams across the country. So a team drafts a player and they go into one of these feeder teams um, and, you know, yeah, they join can like see the organization, yes. not necessarily mm-hmm. the team. Yes. And I imagine it's somewhat similar in y'all sports, but I just don't know as much about. It's a, sm- a smaller yeah. group like the NBA and the NHL. They just have a feeder team. It's oh, OK. Like yeah. Major League teams have t- three or four. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Rebecca is making a surprised face. That was the same face I made when I found out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, while they're in the minor leagues, they'll they'll be assessed by various um, coaches and scouts to see, you know, how well they're doing. They'll move up through the system and ideally they'll make the jump to major leagues at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But there is a huge, despite the fact that they're both professional leagues, there is a huge, huge mm-hmm. difference between minor league salaries and major league salaries. Um, so right. as of right now, the lowest paid player in the major leagues, uh, name not identified, uh, I'd like to know <laughs> the <laughs> poor guy's only making uh, $563,500 a year, which uh, only breaks down to, yes, $10,836.54 per week. All year. Uh, I have a very small violin here. Yes. Um, Minor league salaries, however, range between $400 and $500 a week pre-tax, and that's during the season only. Um, Mm, So, yeah, these guys, that is not their only job. Um, You know, definitely for the off-season. It's really hard to have a second job during the, the actual season because they are on the road. They are playing frequently. Um, but right. obviously there's a huge gap. Um, and right now they're getting paid. They have been getting paid $0 a week because um, they were in spring training as well. Yes, their season had not started mm-hmm. yet. Um, and uh, Right, so this is... So so I feel like the problems are twofold there. Because yeah. first of all, they're not getting paid well. Yes. Like they're, I mean, it's really like, I think it's below minimum wage. Uh, the amount that they get paid. Yeah, I mean, per, if you break down the hours that they are, you know, in right. practice or yeah. traveling or playing. Right. Yeah. Right. It's below minimum wage for, what is it, like April through August or something like that? Yeah. Um, But because they're doing that, they're also simultaneously not able to have a quote-unquote real job during the off-season because what kind of job is going to let you just, like, leave for four months of the year right yeah not a a full-time kind of of job yeah exactly so they they all tend to work you know hourly often i think blue collar type of jobs during the during the off season which also don't pay great so it's like a double whammy right they're really all just being punished financially for the hope of making it into the major leagues and so exactly that 500k yeah paycheck yeah, so I was reading an interview with uh, Peter Bayer of the Stockton Ports, which is a, a local Class mm-hmm. A team around here. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, ordinarily, he would get it, be getting $325 a week after tax. Um, but as soon as spring training was mm-hmm. shut down, and he was still in, in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, he immediately started driving for DoorDash and then tweeted about it. And a bunch of other mm-hmm. minor players were like, oh, shit, I guess we better start doing that, too. Um However, uh, Major League Baseball recently announced that they will um, pay all minor leaguers $400 a week um, for the time being. Um, I'm not sure if there was a, uh, 
a time limit put on that. Um, but yeah, they were uh, talking about, you know, obviously it's kind of a high risk job right now to be driving uh, mm -hmm. delivery, even if you're, you know, taking as many precautions as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, um, the some of the major league or the minor league players have been saying, you know, we hate to use this this time of, of you know, tragedy and fear to bring up salary. But, you know, this is something we need to talk yeah. about. You know, you're not paying us know, enough to live on. My boss yeah. says never waste a good crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah, and there's, you know, they were talking about one guy who's who's kind of putting together a, um, I think this was before the um, the coronavirus hit, but um, mm -hmm. a, a program that would kind of match people who need, you know, younger athletes um, who would like training, one-on-one -on -one training from, um, you know, minor league athletes that are, are looking for work. Um, and just kind of match mm -hmm. them up um, as a way mm -hmm. of of augmenting their incomes. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of thing they're yeah. looking at, even in the off season, not a mm -hmm. a steady, well paying job. Mm -hmm. Well, we have been talking now for a while, and also my iPad battery is <laughs> about to die, <laughs> and. I still have more things for us to talk about, so I'm going to preview our next episode and say that uh, we're going to talk about what it might look like when sports come back, because there are some issues there. What are we going to do about championships? What? Uh, Just give it to the Astros. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. Just what do uh, the seasons themselves look like? And even more importantly, if we have a terrible recession, which, sorry guys, probably we're going to have, uh, who's going to afford to give a shit? Who is going to be able to go to these games and who is going to be buying this merch? And how is that going to affect these teams? Also, uh, what better time than uh, right now when there are no sports games happening? Then to dig into our long-standing mascot question from Benny, which we have still not answered, because I think we all read that question and went, we have to survey every single possible mascot out there, and we have to make a spreadsheet, and we have to do comparisons, and <laughs> thus we haven't done it yet, because um, life that's the, kind of, that's the way our brains work, I think. Um, but guess what, guys? We've got time now. <laughs> <laughs> so email no us excuses. with your stupidest sports questions that we are happy to yes, break down. Yes. We are in nauseating detail. And, and I will <laughs> we, I will break down escrow next time. Yes. In hockey terms, not in house terms. That's fine. I can do it in house terms. <laughs> I don't think we want that. No. Though. So my final question for us all is, what does the sports void look like for us what are we doing rebecca you said you're cross-stitching what how are you filling this time what are you doing any recommendations um i have been watching uh zoe's extraordinary playlist which i very much enjoyed i am yeah it finishing... looked like it might be kind of cringeworthy but you're saying it's not um no actually it's not i i don't think it is maybe there are one or two moments but you know what show doesn't have one or two moments um it's, it's actually really heartfelt. Um, and you kind of think the, the whole thing is going to be done in musicals and it's not. 
Yeah. Um, it's very much a, I want to call it a light drama. Like it's got moments of humor, but it's dealing with a lot of very human issues. So there's, um, there's elderly parents, there's um, people with disabilities, there's uh, dealing with women issues in the workplace and women as managers of men, especially in tech. Um, there are more than token people of color in the show. There is um, a genderqueer individual. It deals very respectfully with that person and their relationship with the church. It's actually a, like, it's a fantastic show. It's much better than I, it's much more, it's much more than I thought it was going to be. Um, That's awesome. And there are only six episodes. Uh, cool. But yeah, I, I've been finding TV shows to watch and uh, cross-stitching and reading and snuggling my cats. Yay. Oh, those all sound good. Rachel, you've also been cross-stitching. I have, yeah. Um, I had kind of started back on it before. It's one of those things that I pick down and put, pick up and put mm -hmm. down every few mm -hmm. months. Um, but I finished one that I've been mm -hmm. working on for literally years. Um, nice. Mm -hmm. I also... It looks amazing. Thank too. you. Um, I also, on the recommendation of some rando on Twitter, uh, started writing a paper <laughs> journal. Um, it was talking oh, about, yeah. you know, kind of record your experiences and what's going on locally and what it's like just to kind of mm -hmm. like have this artifact mm -hmm. that, you know, even if it's not anthropologically relevant one day, um, at least is like, mm -hmm. you know, your experience, your personal mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. through this. So I've been trying mm -hmm. to write a little bit every day in that. Um, mm -hmm. That's a great idea. And I've been doing that too. Yeah. I've been working my way through like three years of Critical Role episodes, which is this, um, nice. <laughs> yeah, web series slash podcast of, um, voice actors doing a, a D and D campaign, two campaigns actually. Mm. Um, it's really, really good. Um, and I'd been going through it before, but now I'm just like powering through. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty awesome because the episodes are like three or four hours long. Oh, wow. So now I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's get through it. So. Mm -hmm. Nice. And you, Nancy? Nice. Well, uh, so I, I think I've mentioned to you guys before, and I may have mentioned on the pod, um, I am the, the non-ordained manager of my church, which this week has been like a full part-time job <laughs> in addition yeah. uh, to to my regular job. So I've been doing a lot of that, trying to figure out how to do digital services, trying to make sure, you know, everybody is, you know, all the older folks who can't go out are getting what they need, um, all of that sort of thing. So that's been an adventure. So once that quiets down, I'll have a little more time to do something with, but it's, you know, like I said, we've been cooking more. Uh, I've been seeing more of my partner, which is nice. Um, He's in the room again, packing. isn't he? <laughs> no, I have actually no idea where he is. <laughs> He's somewhere. Uh, <clears throat> we've been packing because we were supposed to move. Uh, we're trying to figure out if that's possible and if so, when and how. Uh, but but we're packing anyway. Uh, you know, I, I have been journaling like Rachel is. I, I think that's important. And I want to I want to start sending snail mail. That's yeah. that's my my. Hashtag quarantine goal <laughs> is to start sending snail mail. I actually, um, so Falpuck listeners, if you want snail mail, uh, like DM us your address and one of us will send you a thing. I actually uh, made a point to drive to the post office today to put some, some stuff in the mail. I wrote my grandmother nice. a postcard. 
Uh, one of my friends a card. Yeah, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, listeners, this has been another episode of uh, Foul Puck Pod Quarantine Edition. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I think, you know. We're, we are going to continue to have a good time. We're going to continue to talk about sports. There's still a ton of stuff to talk about. Oh, like, yeah. Let's be real. We have not even touched the tip of the iceberg, and there's more stuff coming all the time. So uh, I have been your host today, your moderator today, Nancy, your basketball enthusiast, and I have, I have been joined by... <laughs> I have been Rachel, and I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing, and our music is yes. from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. And I am Rebecca... Did I just trip over my own name? I'm Rebecca. Uh, I'm your, your hockey person. Um, and you can find us online at uh, Twitter at FoulPuckPod. Why, why have I all yes. of a sudden forgotten these? Yes, Twitter at, at FoulPuckPod. Instagram at FoulPuckPodcast. You know, any any variation thereof. We're also individually on Twitter as well. So if you need to come bug us, come bug us. Mm-hmm. True. And I, I want to give Joe an extra shout out because now that Rachel and I are not able to meet in person, we have uh, yeah. upped the difficulty. <laughs> She's of dealing with three any audio files instead of two. So <laughs> thank you, Joe. Of two. Yeah. Yes, yes, much obliged. All right, well, join us again next time. I mean, we got nothing but time now, so we're going to be making lots of episodes. <laughs> sorry, Joe. And in the meantime, wash your hands. <laughs> yes, sorry, Joe. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, and uh, stay tuned. Bye.